This is the Decoding Obesity Podcast, where we simplify, demystify, and decode obesity, helping you lose weight and feel great. So gear up for a fascinating journey through this ever-evolving field, and let's see what we find. And please remember that the thoughts and opinions on this podcast do not constitute medical advice. Don't forget to visit our website, www.decodingobesity.com, for show notes and more info. And now, here's your host of the Decoding Obesity Podcast, Dr. Avishkar Sabarwal. Ever wondered what is the difference about people who lose weight and are able to successfully keep it off? Well, National Weight Control Registry was formed with exactly this question in mind. Hi friend, welcome to this episode of the Decoding Obesity Podcast. Before we go on further and talk about the National Weight Control Registry, I just want to request you again to leave me a review if you haven't done so already. Also, I want to celebrate with you and thank you for helping this podcast reach 50,000 downloads so far. Please do share it with others who you think will benefit from the information provided here. Okay, let's talk about the National Weight Control Registry. So in 1994, Rena Wing from Brown Medical School and James O'Hill from University of Colorado set up the National Weight Control Registry, which is actually the largest prospective investigation of long-term successful weight loss maintenance. It was set up to answer the question, what do people who have been able to keep the weight off long-term do differently to be successful? The National Weight Control Registry is tracking over 10,000 individuals who have lost significant amount of weight and have been able to keep it off for long periods of time. This effort is still ongoing and they have used detailed questionnaires and annual follow-up surveys for this purpose. So friend, are you ready to know what people enrolled in the National Weight Control Registry do differently to help them keep the weight off? Let's talk briefly about the main findings of the National Weight Control Registry and then we will go into some specifics, which I think you'll find very interesting. So according to their website, 80% of the people who have registered are women and 20% are men. The average age of the women registered is 45 years and the average weight is around 145 pounds. While the average age for men is around 49 years of the men who have registered and the average amount of weight that they currently weigh is around 190 pounds. The registry members have lost an average of 66 pounds and have been able to keep it off for an average of five and a half years. Now these are averages and they do vary a lot. So weight losses have actually ranged from 30 to all the way up to 300 pounds. And the duration of successful weight loss has ranged from one year to 66 years. And you know, this talks about the amount of weight loss, but the rapidity of the loss of weight also varies. Some people have actually lost it fairly quickly and some people have lost it over many years and up to 14 years actually. Other things that are mentioned on the website are that you know 45% of the participants lost their weight on their own while 55% actually used some type of help from some type of program. And 98% of the registry participants actually reported modifying their food intake in some way to lose their weight while 94% increase their physical activity, with the most frequently reported form of activity being walking. Another important thing, you know, that I keep mentioning is that it's never one size fits all. And I think the National Weight Control Registry also highlights this fact because they do mention that, you know, people have used a variety of techniques to keep the weight off. But however, the most common that they found is continuing to maintain a low calorie and a low fat diet and maintaining high levels of activity. Other interesting things that have been uh, found in the registry are that 78% of the people 
in the registry actually eat breakfast every day. 75% of the people weigh themselves at least once a week. 62% watch less than 10 hours of television per week. 90% of the people enrolled in the National Weight Control Registry actually exercise on an average of one hour per day. I know this sounds like a lot, but that's what they have found from the National Weight Control Registry from all the people who've been successful in maintaining their lost weight for long periods. Over the years, you know, various studies have been published analyzing the behavior of people who have been successful in their weight loss and have been able to maintain the weight loss. These were some of the summaries of what they found. I'm just going to go into a few studies that look at certain specifics that have been found in the National Weight Control Registry. So this registry was started in 94. In 97, they actually published a descriptive analysis of all the participants. And, you know, it was kind of similar to the points that I've already mentioned. You know, but the data, of course, has evolved since then. But there were two interesting points mentioned in that uh, descriptive analysis in 97. And they were as follows. Number one, the fact that 77% of the sample reported that there was actually a triggering event that had preceded their successful weight loss. This is often the case as we have seen, and I'm sure some of you listening to this may have experienced this as well. There's often a pivotal moment following which we take massive action to do something in the right direction. Secondly, and this is very encouraging, I think, is that 42% of the sample actually reported that maintaining their lost weight was less difficult than the actual losing of the weight. In 1998, there was another report published from the data of the National Weight Control Registry that showed that successful maintainers of the weight loss had reported continued consumption of low energy and low fat diet. Of course, the lifestyle changes have to be individualized to the person, but this was just a general trend that was seen at the time of this analysis, which of course also was in 98. In the same breath, I want to say that this still remains a good and a valid strategy if this works for the person trying it. In 99, actually, there was another study conducted by James O'Hill, who was one of the founders of the National Weight Control Registry, with the purpose of comparing the behaviors of individuals who had achieved long-term weight loss maintenance with people who had regained or were weight stable. So him and his team registered people through a random digit dial telephone survey and they asked questions pertaining to their eating, exercise, self-weighing and dietary restraint. They divided the individuals into three groups. Those who had intentionally lost greater than or equal to 10% of their body weight and maintained it for at least greater than or equal to one year. What they found was that the number was 69 and they called this group weight loss maintainers. Then there were the weight loss regainers and these were individuals who had lost more than equal to 10% of their body weight but had not maintained it. The total number of participants in this category was 56 and these were called weight loss regainers like I mentioned. And then there were the weight stable controls. These were individuals who had never lost more than equal to 10% of their maximum body weight but had maintained the current weight within the past five years. So they found that, you know, weight loss maintainers who had actually lost the weight and had been able to keep it off had lost an average of 37 pounds and had maintained it for over seven years. They also reported using more behavioral strategies to control their dietary fat intake and also have higher levels of physical activity and a greater frequency of self-weighing when they compared them to the weight loss regainers, that is those people who had lost the weight and gained it back or people who were weight stable. The maintainers and the regainers did not differ in reported levels of dietary restraint, but both had higher levels of restraint than the weight-stable controls. 
The study actually suggested that the weight loss maintainers use more behavioral strategies to control their weight than either the regainers or weight stable controls. Hence, they concluded that the long-term weight maintenance requires ongoing adherence to a low-fat diet and an exercise regimen in addition to continued attention to body weight. The next study I'm going to mention will definitely be of great interest to you. I know constant yo-yo dieting can be very, very tiring. But once someone loses the weight and has been maintaining it, does the maintenance get easier over time? Well, this is the exact title of the study and this is the exact question the researchers wanted to answer. So they took 758 women and 173 men who had maintained the losses of at least 30 pounds for two years or longer. They were given questionnaires to assess the use of weight maintenance strategies in the past year and their perceptions of their effort, attention and pleasure associated with weight maintenance. I'm sure the results of this study will make you very happy. The subjects who had actually maintained their weight losses longer used fewer weight maintenance strategies and reported that less effort was required to diet and to maintain the weight and they required lesser attention over time to maintain the weight. Another important thing to understand is the consistency in our diets. We are often thrown off by you know the changes in our schedules, changes in our eating patterns, etc. So the researchers wanted to see whether long-term weight loss maintenance was enhanced by maintaining the same diet regimen over the week and year or by following the diet more strictly say on the weekdays and non-holiday periods compared to the other times. So they took 1429 National Weight Control Registry participants and posed this very question to them. They found a direct relationship between the consistency of dieting and maintenance of weight. In fact, they reported that participants who reported a consistent diet across the week were one and a half times more likely to maintain their weight within five pounds over the subsequent year than the participants who dieted more strictly on the weekdays. I think it highlights also the fact that consistency is very important and hence developing strategies to maintain that consistency is also equally important. In 2008, another analysis was published and I think this is going to be of great interest to you. The researchers wanted to see what strategies successful weight losers in the National Weight Control Registry used during the winter holidays to maintain their weight loss when compared to people with normal weight and no history of obesity. Guess what? We are in the holiday season, so pay close attention. People successful in significant weight loss maintained greater exercise, greater attention to weight and eating, greater stimulus control, and greater dietary restraint both before and during the holidays. However, over the holidays, the attention to weight and eating declined significantly more in the significant weight loss group compared to the normal weight group. And unfortunately, more significant weight losers than the normal weight participants gained greater than or equal to one kilogram over the holidays. This effect persisted one month later as well. So the researchers actually concluded that significant weight losers had to work harder than the normal weight participants who were the controls for the study to actually manage their weight and they were more susceptible to weight gain in the holidays. A more recent analysis in 2020 actually looked at the strategies that the National Weight Control Registry participants have used to manage the holidays. The survey included 639 participants and pre-holidays 64% of the participants were currently trying to lose weight. Only 35% of the sample wanted to continue to lose weight during the holiday season. The study enumerated 18 strategies that were used by the participants and I'm going to enumerate them now. So number one was, you know, maintenance of exercise routine that they were already doing. Second was controlling the portion sizes. 
Third was tracking the kinds of food that they're eating and counting calories. Fourth was weighing themselves regularly. Fifth was adding more activity to the routine. Sixth was making choices about holiday foods that are worth eating and skipping items that are not special or important to them. Seventh was how much they eat during other meals on the days that they have to go for a party or an event. Eight was to try to stop eating when they would feel full and or participating in other mindful eating strategies. Nine was avoiding certain types of foods. 10 was bringing a healthy dish with them to the party. 11 was minimizing the amount of time they have tempting foods in the house. 12 was using technology to make healthy decisions. 13 was to skip or reduce alcoholic beverage intake. 14 was to focus on non-food elements of the holiday season. 15 was to decrease the amount of time sitting each day. 16th was to start a weight loss program or follow a formal diet. 17th was packing healthy snacks while traveling and lastly number 18 was to share their weight loss goals with someone in their life and ask them to support them during the holiday season. The most common strategies individuals planned to use during the holiday season were maintaining exercise, monitoring portions, tracking foods and self-weighing. Importantly, participants gained about 0.66 kilograms from pre to post holiday and reported using an average of 12 out of the 18 strategies. This is very important that even though the participants were using on an average of 12 out of the 18 strategies, they still had an average weight gain of 0.66 kilograms. Just shows how hard it is to either have a weight loss or weight maintenance during the holiday season. The greater the number of strategies they used, the less was the weight gain. And daily self-weighing and prioritizing food choices were individually associated with less weight gain. This certainly implies that having a wider variety of tools in one's toolbox allows for flexibility to navigate the various complexities of the holiday season and the different types of challenges that may come up. I want to conclude by saying that this is a great effort on the part of the team maintaining the registry and helps us understand the behavioral patterns of successful dieters better. I hope you find this episode useful and are able to apply some of the techniques that have been used successfully by the National Weight Control Registry participants, especially in this holiday season. Well, that's all we have time for today. Thank you so much for tuning in and I'll see you all next time. You've been listening to the Decoding Obesity Podcast. Please remember, the information in this podcast should not be used in any legal capacity whatsoever. The thoughts and opinions expressed on this podcast are solely of the host and his guests and do not constitute medical advice. Views and opinions on this show do not necessarily represent the views and opinions of any organization. And that brings us to the end of the show. Thank you so much for listening in. Don't forget to visit our website, www.decodingobesity.com, for show notes and more info. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please feel free to rate, review, and subscribe on your preferred podcast listening platform. We really appreciate that effort. Until next time.